Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit us at unitechurchak.org. Now, enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We are finishing the entire uh, book of Romans. We have been teaching on this in the summers for the last three years, and we're finally to the finale here. We're at chapter 16, and this is really a fantastic chapter um, if you slow down and really look at it. So we're just going to look at a couple things and talk about some stuff that I believe was very important to the author, Paul, and is really important to us becoming a strong church, being a strong church, staying a strong church, and really thriving and accomplishing the things that God has laid in front of us. Each generation of church, churches on the planet, they have an assignment to do before the Lord. And our assignment before God We're the only ones that get to do it. We're the only ones living it right now. So we don't really have the opportunity to just look around and say, oh, I hope somebody else is going to do that for us because we're it. We're the team. And God's called us to expand that team and to make it a strong team and to make it a strong church that's fun, that's, that's, that's beautiful, that's fantastic to be a part of. And so Paul is really wrapping up everything he's saying to this church in Rome. And this church in Rome is really made up of mostly Gentiles, mostly just people that were complete, total pagans in a great Greco-Roman society that encountered Jesus and get saved. So this last chapter is actually, he's listing all these people that he had led to the Lord or that he knew that are part of this church, and there's a whole bunch of them were named after like Roman and Greek gods. It's kind of crazy. And they get saved. They're like, I guess my name is going to be Olympus, you know, or Zeus and like, you know, Hermes and stuff. They're just people that get saved that were just straight out of the world. It's pretty amazing. But um, he is really wrapping up in this whole context of that anyone can be saved. He first came to the Jews, but not as if they're more important. The book of Romans really addresses to these Gentile believers who meet Israelites. They get saved a lot of them, but Jews, uh, Israelites were witnessing to them. Paul was one, bringing the gospel to them. And they learn about all these things that, that the Jews were a part of before and that how God had moved through them in the law and stuff. And Paul's like trying to straighten out all these Gentile believers, let them know, look, you're not less important. You're not God's second plan. He just came to them first and his next step was you, which is so awesome. It's wide open to all people. God, Jesus came so that all could be saved. His plan was never just one special group. He just wanted to start with that. So Romans really deals with that. It really deals with how we are saved and what we are saved from and how sin is just in every single person. And we've all done it. And the price for that sin is death. But Jesus came and set us free. Whosoever believes in his name will be saved, Romans says. It's amazing. Anyone can believe. Jew or Gentile, doesn't matter. We all come to him the same way and there's no condemnation in him. And that we're super victorious. We're overwhelmingly victorious in him. And that we need to be understanding and knowing fully that Jesus totally completed it all. He finished the purpose of the law. And now he says to each one of us, the law is the law of love. That's what I want you to get. That's how I want you to live. And so everything that was ever to be learned from who he came to first to the Israelites is summed up, is actually magnified in the law of love. And he says, I want you to be love 
driven. And Romans 12 is a beautiful chapter on understanding that our whole life is a life of worship to God. It's designed for worship. And when we give it to him, it's this beautiful offering. We're designed to be a whole church working together, a bunch of different gifts. But it has to be real and authentic love that binds us and makes it all happen and, and work together. And, and then, you know, 13 is like about authority and being submitted. It's such a beautiful thing. But it all wraps up to how he had relationships with real people in real love. And so when we read through this passage, we're going to be hearing all kinds of ways that he spoke about people he cared about. So he was writing to a church. It wasn't just a blank, anonymous letter. These are the people he cared about. And there are people that he was with that cared about these people too. They had real relationships because of what they had been through. And so as we read through this, um, I want us to just imagine what a strong church feels like and how we could have relationships that are like this. And when Paul goes back and he's like, man, this needs to be real. This is about real authentic love. He shows it in this space that he didn't just talk about it, but he really lived it. So we're gonna read this and you're gonna hear all kinds of amazing names. And um, yeah, so I'm gonna do my best to pronounce some of them. Some of them I do not pronounce and some of them, um, yeah, I'm just gonna make it up as I go. So um, anyway, it's gonna be fun. And uh, there's no condemnation for those who don't know how to read in Christ Jesus, amen. All right, so Romans chapter 16, verse one. I commend you to, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Centria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. Priscilla is believed to be the one who actually was charged by Paul to carry the letter of, uh, the Ro to Rome, this letter to Rome, to the Roman church. And if you were charged with carrying the letter, you were also charged with teaching it, which is pretty amazing that Paul entrusted to Phoebe, someone whom he says, who's a woman, who says to her, this girl's a rock star. And I don't know how I could have done this without her. And she's such a rock star that I'm giving her this really important letter, which most people, most theologians believe is the most uh, theologically important and robust uh, letter written in the entire New Testament. Phoebe had to teach it. It's pretty incredible that Paul would entrust that to a woman, girl power. Amen? It's pretty awesome. The way he talks about her is so empowering and he thinks extremely high, highly of this gal. There is no diminishing language in here. Do you hear that? Just want you to see that. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. I think she was good at writing, I'm not sure. By my coworkers in the ministry of Christ. Aquila, sorry. I told you you gotta be more responsive if you guys are laughing at my jokes. Okay. It's not going to work for me if you're quiet. I'm going to take a nap. I'm tired. All right, Priscilla Aquila, she was good at writing. Jeez oh, Louise. My co-workers in the ministry of Christ, in fact, <clears throat> they once risked their lives for me. <laughs> God, it was late release. You got it, okay? I'm thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Look at this 
These guys are so committed to one another, they risk their lives for each other. This is a strong church. Yeah, in fact, I'm convinced that you don't actually really get to know a person till you work really hard together and suffer together. You just have to work together and suffer together. Churches, uh, in the, we have a cause to advance the kingdom, and sometimes we're so timid and afraid, we don't work. We just go. It says they were co-workers. They co-worked. They weren't consumers. Those are really different things. The church is not a consuming thing. It's a working thing. We build, we work, and the things that you and I want, we want rich stories that, that come like what we hear about here that Paul refers to with all these people he's co-working with. It, those come when we actually do work. So if you want more and you're lonely in your heart, you know you're made for more, just do the things he says to do. Just work together. Romans 12 is a great one. It says, nobody's lazy in the kingdom. Jesus isn't building a lazy church that sits around. It's a working church. We got a lot to do. Heaven's forever. We get a rest there. It's a permanent place of rest. Earth is a grind, and it's a place to work. <laughs> All right? It's a place to build the kingdom. Okay, in fact, they once risked their lives for me, and I'm thankful to them. And so are all the Gentile churches. They're part of church building and church planting and, and developing. Also, give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my friends, Appentius, right? I thought it was appendix for a second, but it's Appentius. All right, he was first person from province of Asia to become a follower of Christ. Cool to be number one. Give my greetings to Mary, who also worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow workers, who were in prison with me. These people are, they're going through tough stuff together. They are highly respected among the apostles. I know where I am. I'm somewhere in here. Where did I go? What verse is it? Eight? Seven? Hey, you guys are reading? Okay. All right. Yeah, they're highly respected among the apostles uh, and became followers of Christ before I did. Look at that. These guys were believers before Paul. Greet Emplitius, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanius. I think he lives mostly outside the city. Our co-workers in Christ. See? Okay, you got that one. And my dear friend, <laughs> Stitius. It's a tailor or something. Okay, greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves. And give my greetings to the believers in the household of Astrobolios and Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissist. He kind of thinks it's all about him, but he runs a real tight small group. Okay, give my greetings to, to Phinia and Tri, Triphinia and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers, and to dear Persis, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus whom the Lord picked out to be his very own and also his dear mother who picked out his name, okay? Who has been a mother to me? Give my greetings to a syncretus who keeps everything on time, Philagrian, Hermes, Protobosas, I don't know his name, Hermas, whatever, Hummus, what was his name, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Sweet Lord. 
Give my greetings to <laughs> Phil. <sighs> Julia. Nur. Eos. And his sister. And to Olympus. See, there's one right there. And to the believers who meet with them. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. And all the churches. Come on, get out your chapstick and your lip gloss for that sacred kiss. And all the churches of Christ send you their greeting. And now, here's where we get into it. I make one more appeal. My dear brothers and sisters, watch out for people who cause division and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They're serving their own personal interests by smooth talk and glowing words. They deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you his greetings, as does Lucius, Jason, and Sisepatar, my fellow Jews. Sosipatar, Sosipatar. I, Tertius, the one writing this letter for Paul. Send my greetings to you. Be sure to wash your hands after you touch the letter. As soon as the Lord's followers. There you go. Gaius says hello. He is my host and also serves as a host of the whole true church. Estraeus, Estratius, the city treasurer, sends you his greetings and so does his brother Quartus. Only 25% the man he used to be. <laughs> Sorry, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, please forgive me. Now, all glory to God who is able to make you strong, just as my good news says, this message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan to you Gentiles. A plan kept secret from the beginning of time, but now as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere so that they too might believe and obey him. All glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> so if you did attend every single summer service, over the last three years, you just read the whole book of Romans. Good job. Good for you. I'm not sure there's anybody here that did it, but... I'm proud of you for trying. Good job. I was mostly here. Oh, look at those. That's for after the service. Oh, Ashley Bell. Uh, two coffees, one for each hand. Or maybe I'm supposed to share one with Joni. I don't know. Probably. Okay, so here we go. We're going to dive in just a little bit. So we're just thinking about the language that Paul uses. What does it come from? Why is he talking about people this way? It's, it's, it's this place of love. I want you to hear that love generates a language. And it's not just French, right? French is not the only language of love. Actually, love drives behaviors. Love looks like action. Love drives the way we sacrifice and reach out to others. But it creates this beautiful language. And the way that Paul talks about everybody here is in honor. Look at what he said in Romans 12, verse 10. He says, love each other with genuine affection and take 
delight in honoring each other. You, you go to our church for just a couple weeks, you're gonna hear me quote this scripture over and over and over again. Because just like I was just prophesying to you from Revelation, church, remember your first love. The way we get off track and out of alignment, he says, look, I'm just gonna remove that lampstand. It just means the glory is gonna be moved. His grace is not gonna move in your life. You're not like God's forgetting about his church. His church is designed to be driven from love to him that spills over to love to others. This genuine affection is what we have to always be about. We're Unite Church for a reason. We didn't just pick that willy-nilly. That was an eight-year process that we knew God was laying on our heart to change the name of our church, and we felt like it was Unite Church for a really long time. And we waited until the right time, the right moment, and we labored over that for a long time. And I do believe it was the right moment, but it helps us stay focused on what's most important, which is being together. You can't be together without love. Love drives us together. And one of the things that comes out of love and genuine affection is honor, language. I see people different and it makes me think about them different, talk about them different, want to lift them up. And the language of love is honor and respect. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight. When you hear Paul talk about these people, doesn't it sound like there's delight in his heart? Of course, he knows how to pronounce their names, or he did. Because he knew them for real, right? And anybody here has a difficult name? You know, some, some of y'all have difficult names to pronounce. And when someone really knows you and they say your name right, that means something to you, doesn't it? And some of us normal, average Joes and Joshes, right? Our names are really easy, and you're like, you kind of screwed up my name, that's kind of weird, right? But when you know something personal about me that Paul was even bringing up, like when we did this and we did this thing, and when, remember when you almost gave your life up for me? Remember we're in prison together, and we're just worshiping Jesus, shackle the wall? That was awesome, right? Where are those memories you have with people? Look, you remember people's names, you remember things about them when you do stuff with them. And when the love that's generated in your heart is so passionate and genuine and real, it's easy to take delight in honoring people you love. But jealousy, envy, division, strife, bitterness robs you and I of the joy that comes from genuine love, relationship with God, and affection for others. But honor is the glue, it's the thing that starts to pull us together because it's the language of love. And it's a response for how we really see one another. It can't be put on, it has to be genuine. But Paul took delight in honoring each other. Look at what 1 Peter 2.17 says. Show proper respect to everyone. Look, everyone is worthy of respect. Every single human being, no matter how old or how young, how tall, how short, how smart, high IQ, low IQ. Okay, that was better. You saw where I was going there. Pivoted, see that? <laughs> how large, how small, doesn't matter. 
what your age is, your gender, what race you are. Race is like kind of going away. Yeah, have you noticed how many mixed races there are now, like especially in America? I don't know what we're going to be like, but it's getting beautiful, right? It's amazing, and it's love is driving that. Love is overcoming all of these things where it's like a, just blown up all over the world because of language is how God separated us. He did. He separated us through language. Tower of Babel split us all over the whole world, and love is driving, driving us back together created all these differences that we could just point at and say, well, they're different from me in this way and that way. Older, younger, different colors, different languages. They talk different. They talk, they have different cultural backgrounds. You're a girl, I'm a guy, right? Okay, some of you girls, some of you guys, I'm like, make sure I said that right way. But the language of honor, we honor everyone. We show proper respect. Sometimes people don't show respect to people different than them. You know what I'm saying? But that is not what love drives. Love, the brotherhood of believers, fear God and honor the king. That's beautiful. Show proper respect to everyone in the family of believers, fear God and honor the emperors, the NIV. Where are we missing or not starting from this place of love? We wanna be, I wanna be in a church, I wanna love, I wanna work hard and I wanna be a part of a church like Paul was a part of a church where they work together, they risk their lives together to advance the gospel, to push it forward because they love people so big. They were willing to give up their life. They, like Revelation says, they weren't so afraid of their lives to shrink back from death. I want to be a generation, a church like that. What about you? We have to start to speak the language of love. Is everything that comes out of your mouth honoring and respectful to everyone in your life? I think I've got some work to do. What about you? I want this word to sow in my heart. I want to be like Paul and just speak this kind of respectful language that builds people up and it builds up their reputation and it lifts them and it helps them to be better in everything that they do. Our words, when they come from love, they lift people up. They don't bring them down. What are we modeling for the next generation? What are we modeling for our young people and the people around us that know us and we're in the workplace and they go, you're a believer? You're a Christian? You talk like that about other people? Sometimes we think about, oh, I say good words or bad words. You know what I really think? Good words lift people up. Bad words tear people down. That's what I think about. Everything else is just stuff we made up about what else we think is good and bad, right? But are you building people up or are you tearing them down? Honor and respect are like driving nutrients into a church that wants to be healthy. If you want the church to be strong and healthy, love drives it. Words, things that come out of love are present and the language of love is present that builds others up. Honor, respect. We have got to lift the bar. We cannot go by the world standards is what Romans 12 says. The world standard is not our standard. We don't conform anymore to the ways of the world. We are renewed, we focus on the Spirit. We're renewed in our mind by what the Spirit says. The Spirit says love and it drives relationship and it brings people together and makes the church strong through honor and respect. Paul does this so awesome in all the letters he writes but it's very strong 
in this last chapter of the Bible of how positively he is praising and speaking about people. Listen, when we can't praise people, there's something going wrong inside our heart. And it doesn't matter how introverted or extroverted you are. You don't need a lot of words to let someone know how you feel about them and to build someone up. It takes courage. It takes love. Amen? So, <clears throat> I don't know why I feel like I need to lean on this one a little bit, but I'm going to. So maybe it's just all y'all in here need a word, need a lift. <clears throat> Excuses don't move the kingdom. Excuses don't get rewards. Come on. Excuses don't get rewards in heaven. Well, you don't know what happened to me when I was a kid. That's why I can't love. That's why I can't honor. You don't know what that one person did to me, that one leader did to me. That's why I can't. Hey, those are just excuses. Jesus' love conquers all or it doesn't. I don't love people from my strength. It's only his. I can't actually love people because I get hurt too easy and then I get bitter and I shut all down and run away. It's just what I do. I go like, later. You guys go do your thing. I'm like, I'm going to be safe. Love keeps me out. Love keeps me open. Love allows me to suffer the hurts of other people and keep loving more. I mean, I would be done as a pastor if it wasn't for God's love. It's too many people hurt you can be tough, it's tough sledding sometimes. Come on, excuses don't ever, ever move anything. Romans 16, 17 says this, <clears throat> and now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters, watch out. Watch out for who? For people. <laughs> Ah, people, no, watch out for people who cause divisions. <laughs> Gotta read it all, can't just stop, right? <laughs> They're everywhere, run. Watch out for people who cause divisions, and look at what they do. They upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Man, it's important to know the gospel. Stay away from them, it says. Such people are, are not serving Christ our Lord. They're serving their own personal interests by smooth talk and glowing words. They deceive innocent people. There are brand new believers. There's new Christians. There are people that got saved. They're getting coming out of struggling stuff. And some people want to teach them to go to legalism, to work their way to heaven. That they, God doesn't love them and doesn't accept them if they sin that they have to fulfill more things in the law. Specifically, in Romans, he's challenging these people that are trying to deceive people to go back to Judaism and not just step in into the law of love of, of Christ fulfilling it all. Listen, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through him. No one. No other way. The wages of sin is death, and everybody's sinned. There's no other options, guys. That's the gospel. And Jesus, God, loved us so much, he sent his son to die for us. And it is not by anything you could have ever done, your works that cause you to be saved, only by his grace. It's all driven from his love. 
That's how much he loves you. And he says, I don't need you to clean up and be right and righteous. I'm right and righteous. I did that. That's what Jesus says to you. He says, I came to make you right so you can be with me. I just want you to love. My job's to make you right. Your job's to love. That's the gospel. When people teach other things than that, and they're, they, they try to manipulate people into these other weird factions and crazy stuff, or they tell you the church is not important, or you don't need leaders, and you don't need pastors, and you don't need people in your life, and you know, they teach you the Holy Spirit isn't real. He doesn't have gifts for you. They're only for another time. There's like smooth talk, especially when it comes against authority, just pulls people away from the church. The church is God's team, period. His team. He said, I'm gonna build my church to Peter. There's a lot of people that wanna cause division. Again, why we wanna be Unite Church. If we can just stay together, it forces us to have to let go of all kinds of stupid stuff. Stuff we think is important, but it isn't as important as loving each other and just staying together. If we could love each other and work together for Jesus, simply for Jesus, and seeing people get saved and set free and healed, that's it. Forget about everything else. If we could just do that and not ever walk away from each other, the whole city, the whole state, forever until when Jesus comes back, would hear about his name. Every person would get a chance to choose. We can do that. You know that this one church could do that if we could stay in unity. Good thing we're Unite Church. <laughs> Gives us a chance. So you're saying I got a chance, okay. Such people, I'm telling you, watch out. The devil's on the hunt in our church. He wants to get divisive people in here. If you see people that are causing division, you can confront them personally in love. Hey, we don't do division in this church. Love you. You wanna be here? We speak the language of love to everyone. We don't judge, we don't criticize, we don't tear down, we don't wreck people. We, we, we build people up and we bring people in. That's what we do. That's our job. James 4.11 says this, don't speak evil against each other. Dear brothers and sisters, if you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. If you criticize each other, you're criticizing and judging God's law. What's the law? The law of love. It's new covenant, right? James is new covenant. The law of love. He's not referring to the Old Testament law. He's referring to the new law that Jesus said, this is the new law. I finished the other one. Here's the new one. Love me, love other people. Everything hangs on that. That's the new law. That's what you're doing. By my power and my grace now, because now my temple is filled with my glory, with my presence, and you're my temple. And now I got a mobile temple we're everywhere. My love can go everywhere now. People don't have to come to it. It can go to the people. It can go everywhere. It's amazing. It's a great plan. Wish I would have thought of it, right? Probably not possible. My brain's not that big. But if we criticize and judge, we're breaking the law. Hello. But your job, he'll tell you your job right here. Your job is to obey the law. What's the law? Love is the law. Obey the law. Do not judge, uh, not to judge whether it applies to you. See that? 
Your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. Sometimes they go, well, I don't, it doesn't apply to me today. It applied to that guy because he's being an idiot. He's breaking the law. They're like, I'll drive as fast as I want, go wherever I want, do whatever I want, however I want, over anybody I want. Well, there's a new sheriff in town, folks. It's the law of love. New sheriff in town says, I'm coming and love's coming with me. All right. Tombstone quote, if you're wondering. Okay, there he goes. Uh, God's alone. God alone who gave the law, and he is the judge. God alone is the one who gave the law, and he is the judge. But the law is love. It is not judgment. It is not the Ten Commandments. We're talking about all of what was summed up and fulfilled in Christ. So I want you to think about this. If you cause division, who are you serving? The devil? That's right. And it also says here, those who are doing this, they're serving, verse 18, such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. Serving yourself, serving the enemy. <laughs> it's all kinds of noises coming from behind me. Shh, my friends. Verse 18, they're doing it by smooth talk and glowing words. Smooth talkers, watch out for those folks. That's why I have such a rough voice today. Just want to be so biblical, okay? <laughs> it's not like I've been smoking like cigarettes for like 30 years, okay? But everyone, verse 19, but everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord, and this makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing what's right. Stay innocent of doing what is wrong. This is the power of this reputation. Proverbs says that a good reputation is, is like great riches being held in high esteem. And Ecclesiastes says a good reputation is more valuable than costly perfume. It's beautiful to look for this kind of reputation, to live for this reputation. It's, it's important, but it comes from doing what's right. Obeying the Lord is doing what's right in wisdom. So in wisdom, we apply to our life, and that wisdom produces all kinds of good fruit in our life. And when people look in on that wisdom, it produces life. And they go like, oh my gosh. Even Paul is like, dude, I am so proud and happy. You guys are my disciples. You're killing it for Jesus. Is that, can you say that? You are doing amazing for Jesus. But wisdom comes from learning. How do we learn? You can never be wise if you don't learn. Wisdom comes from learning. What do we learn? We learn from our mistakes. Ours and others. We also learn by listening, okay? We listen to others. Who do we listen to? Hopefully people that know the truth because wisdom is when we apply truth to our life. So I want you to see why, why it is this because here it says that everyone knows that your obedience to the Lord makes me happy. I want you to be wise in doing what's right. Wise in doing what's right. So wisdom comes with application. James talks about it in James 2.6. is just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without works. Okay, faith works out. Wisdom is applied. It is, has a doing function to it. You can't just know the right things. You're wise when you actually do them and you apply them. And it produces all of this goodness in your life that builds into a reputation that I believe 
should be a reputation of love. And when Jesus said, you'll know, they'll know you're my disciples by the way you love, right? It's a simple principle here. Stay innocent in what is evil. Paul's like, hey, just stay away from all that evil stuff and focus on the good stuff. And this is what happens. Verse 20. And soon, he goes, soon, this promise that I've made to you, that God has made to you, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. He says to Peter, right, on you I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The devil can't prevail against it. But you know what he said to Eve in the garden? Remember what he said to Eve in the garden? He said to Eve in the garden, he said, listen, this is kind of a bummer right now. The, this, this devil, he's gonna bruise your heel, but you're gonna crush his head. This is, a, this is a fulfillment of a promise that is coming. So I want you to think about this. Who is he talking to? He's talking to who? Who is Paul writing the book to? The church of Rome. Okay, the church. He's not talking to just one person. So many times when we read the Bible, we personalize and think he's just talking to me. Okay, yes, sometimes he is just talking to you. And yes, it does apply to you. But in this context, he's talking to the whole church. And he's even like listing all their names. And he's looking at all of the whole church is who he's saying soon. He says, I am going to crush Satan under your feet. This is really good, right? I think, who crushes Satan? God does. He says, I'm going to crush Satan. Okay, I'm going to crush Satan under whose feet? Our feet. But not just your individual feet, the church's feet. Says Peter, I'm going to build my church on you. Gates of Hades are not going to prevail against it. Prophecy in Daniel, he says, like all these nations are going to crumble, and then the kingdom of God's going to come. It's going to take over the whole world. It won't be stopped. He's building a glorious, unbeatable, unstoppable church. And it only works if it's driven from love, guys. It doesn't do anything. Corinthians 13 says, nothing happens without love. It's just a clanging symbol. It's one of those stupid little monkeys that go bang, 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 and you wind them up. And it's annoying to the world around it if it's not real, because it's fake and put on and it sounds and feels like criticism and judgment. Instead, he wants to crush Satan under your feet. The enemy thought he got us, and he thought he got, the, got Jesus, and he like bruises heels, like, okay, you did that, but that hell had a purpose and we'll figure it out in eternity, but here's what's gonna happen. I'm slowly sliding you underneath the foot of my church, and I'm just gonna apply pressure as they become more and more like me. Until. It's gonna be awesome. Who's gonna, why do we love those songs so much when Satan gets under our feet? Something happens in here, right? You're like, yeah! You sing a song about it? It's crush Satan, that's right. I read the scripture, you're like, yeah, crush Satan! It's like the, probably the only thing in our life where we're like, yeah, we're gonna destroy something. And we all feel that because we're made for it. But we're made to do it as a church, not as individuals. And the more we love, it's how we do it. As he begins to expand and expand, and the weight of his glory will crush the enemy. Beautiful. 
Verse 25, we're just going to kind of land the bird here. Now all glory to God who is able to make you strong. Who makes you strong? God makes you strong. Who do we give the glory to? God, that's where all our worship goes. Just as my good news says, the message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan to you Gentiles. Thank you, Lord. A plan kept secret from the beginning of time, but now, as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere, even Anchorage, Alaska, made it even all the way to Nikiski, Alaska. Praise God, there wasn't a veil keeping it past the chemical plant out by my house. So, they too might believe and obey God, even me. Out in a village in Alaska, a small town, wherever you are at, Jesus came and he found you. And he said, I loved you. I wanted you. All glory to the only wise God. Through Jesus Christ forever, amen. Amen. He's a good God, right? Only works in love. I don't know about you, but I kind of want to smash the devil like a totally be awesome. Watching our families thrive, our kids serve Jesus, people set free from addictions and bondage, just rescued by the love of God. I want to see that. I want to be a part of that. We are seeing that. Let's just watch that grow. It's not like the church is doing nothing. We're doing all kinds of awesome things. Keep doing it. Keep loving. Keep growing. Keep including you got these little cards on your seats. Grab those stinking things and use them every week to bring people into his family. The only thing we can build, guys, is his church. There's no instruction to do anything else. We're building his family forever in heaven will be a church. And he'll be the king. He is the king, actually. Jesus is the king of the church. He's in charge. Our worship goes to him only. Our service goes to him only. That's it. We submit to his leaders on earth. That's Romans. Worship for God our whole lives. Service to God our whole lives. Submit to the leaders he gives us. And it's all driven by love. It's beautiful. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We worship you. If there's anybody here that has never made you, Jesus, the Lord of their life, I'm asking and believing that you're going to move in their heart today and respond because Jesus, you're the only one who saves. So I want to invite you today, if you're here today and you believe that's you, you say, I'm ready. I want to just surrender my life to Jesus. I'd love to pray and meet the God who made me. If that's you, would you stretch your hand in the air? Anybody here? Thank you. I'd love to pray with you. Anybody else? Jesus, I'm ready to just surrender my life to you. Awesome. Let's pray. Pray this out loud with me. Say, Jesus. I believe you're God. Come and rescue me by your love. Save me today. I worship you, Jesus. Fill me with your love and your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love to see people give their life to Jesus. Will you stand with me? We're just going to close in worship. I'm just asking that you just think about this, that, that you would truly think about being a part of the church his church and not have these all these that's a word all these is a word <laughs> not have these nothing great happens when you go halfway he's like let's do it all the way and see what happens
Let's have testimonies that are like Paul's talking about. They're just so radical and so awesome. And we get to heaven, we're going, remember when we were chained up in prison, how sweet that was? We're like, yeah, God's, God's love is always good. As we worship, let's encourage you to take a step of faith like that and giving your life to him. Let's worship. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.